Joining us for further look and what's playing itself out on that market scene is Vessel Yubad from Oyster Catcher Investments. Vessel, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Hi, Nori. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Uh, so let's speak about maybe uh, what we're seeing in markets today. We are seeing mostly green screens, but yesterday markets closed off uh, in the red, I think. It wasn't uh, a, a decent day. I'm, I'm keen to get your thoughts on uh, what's been driving uh, this uh, on and off again uh, performance. It feels like every single time you guys get me on, it's the exact same reason, just the different movements up or down. Mm -hmm. um, it's been all around interest rate expectations, and I think that has been roughly the driver for these small up and down moves. Uh, for the majority of the year so far. So what we had last night were a couple of comments from from the Fed, uh, from the ECB, all stating that interest rates are most likely going to be a little bit higher uh, and monetary policy a little bit more restrictive for a little bit longer than expected. Um, and I think that always kind of gives the market a little bit of jitters. Uh, it's the easiest frequent data points for the market to trade on. So when interest rates, when they don't expect interest rates to go down as soon as possible or as soon as they expected, you'll see uh, equities kind of underperform. Everybody's kind of waiting for the market or for the Fed to pivot to tell them, listen, the interest rates are probably going to be down from here on out for the next, say, year or so. And then you'll see this massive rally in, in equities. Um, but until until we get clear indication uh, the Fed's going to hold tight until they see inflation under control uh, before they give the market any, I suppose, positive signals. I'd like us to stay in the United States. We saw NVIDIA out with a set of numbers shooting the lights out. But I've read uh, some analysts saying that this is just not sustainable. I'm keen to get uh, your thoughts here, Vessel. Or have we created a bit of an NVIDIA uh, bubble there? Yeah. So the, the in whole NVIDIA investment case was prior to this was driven by um, mining for Bitcoin. Uh, you have the whole blockchain and you need a GPUs. They can process quite a lot of algorithms at a single time. Um, so NVIDIA produced these and it provided the, I suppose, a very good base uh, for everything to grow off. Everybody then thought, well, it's a little bit of a bubble because this trend isn't going to last forever. And then we had the announcement from well, ChatGPT launched kind of end of last year. And everybody realized, well, maybe we might need these uh, ChatGPT uses what they call large language models, which also uses quite a lot of processing power, simultaneous processing that the GPUs are then very good for um, and other chipsets that they use are very good for. And then all of a sudden, the the sales expectations went from, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it increased by multiples. And those sales have actually realized. Uh, often what we find with these companies is that the estimates or the expectations just run very, very far ahead of what is possible or reality. From here, the sales are more, more likely to moderate a little bit. Um, and the main reason for that is the chip ban on Chinese imports. China is a little bit behind the rest of the world uh, in terms of uh, the AI race, if I want to call it that. So the previous expectation was quite a lot of investment will go or will come from China. But with China being banned from importing certain chips uh, from NVIDIA, that kind of demand factor isn't there. Although the rest of the world will still continue to grow and have high demand for these chips, we might see it slow down a little bit. Um, if I remember correctly, the ban came in beginning of this year. So your, your last quarter in NVIDIA's financials or early, early next year, you will have a very high base to contend with.
Um, but the sales are very strong and worth if you see all the applications and potential cost savings for companies coming from AI, uh, there's, there might be quite a long uh, runway for NVIDIA to make good money. The growth rates might not be as stellar as they have been in the past, but they might still be very strong. It's a very interesting one there, Avesa. Let's talk about ARK. They're keen on a rights offer. There. I'm wondering uh, what investors might be thinking about this one. In the past, we've had uh, conversations, I think, uh, with various analysts about uh, the true value of the assets within ARK. And I'm wondering now that they're speaking about a rights offer, how investors might be trying to digest this one. It always depends on exactly what the funds for the rights offer are going to be used for. As you mentioned, valuation um, about valuation on the current assets that they have is very, very important. Um, but it really depends on what the money is going for. Usually, if a rights offer is done at a reasonable price, so a slight discount to the current share price, um, the current share price hopefully reflects the actual values of the underlying assets, right? And if that rights offer is then done to either grow one of the assets further, so further investment into a good growing asset, you might have a, a short-term weakness in the share price, but over the long term, it's positive for, for the share. When the rights offers are done to fund businesses that the market doesn't think is going to grow into the future or effectively funding a bad business, and they call it throwing good money after bad, um, the share price usually has a bit of an overreaction to it. Um, in our case, we, we can hope it goes towards um, growing the portfolio a little bit more, raising money for new investments. Very interesting one as well. Let's talk about Rose Food Group. Uh, FMCG has had a bit of a tricky time. I think I uh, haven't been able to escape the issues that we are seeing uh, in terms of the macros in South Africa. But I think uh, RFG has actually done reasonably well uh, amidst the circumstances. What I'm not sure about Vesel is if they can sustain this, considering what they are saying about what's happening at our ports. Yeah. Well, from their, their commentary, it seems like they think they can sustain it and even improve on it a little bit from here, especially on the margin side. We did see volumes that were very, very weak. Uh, and that wasn't only in South Africa, that was on the international business as well. So you do see consumer being weak uh, in a couple of different geographies. Um, that was luckily offset by price increases. So the high food inflation helped a little bit. When all your peers are raising prices, it's easy for you to also raise prices. But what we have to remember is that the, they weren't able to pass through all the price increases of their raw material costs last year or in the prior period. That is now somewhat reversed. Uh, the, your input costs didn't go at, up as much, but you will you were still recovering some of the some of the cost increases from last year, which is kind of leveling out that price increase. Then there was a little bit of an acquisition that helped, a little bit of FX gains that they had in the business as well. Um, but overall, quite a strong set of results. Very interesting one as well. Uh, Vesel, I'm keen to get your stock pick. But before we do that, uh, let's reflect some counters that have found favor with your industry peers. Thermo Fisher uh, Scientific. It's a, a life sciences company. Um, it it makes everything from it makes all the tools and bells and whistles to make science happen, uh, and for all those smart pharmacy people to develop vaccines and and all of the smart things that they do. So anything from just test tubes to electronic pipettes to mass spectrometers okay. to all of those fancy gizmos and gadgets. Um, gene sequencing machines yeah. and all of those things that actually help science to to using Fushini group uh, they have uh, reported even though the earnings were somewhat disappointing i think the prospects are looking quite good 
They've held a series of investor engagements. Uh, we're seeing a lot of investor interest. Uh, they're very much a forward-thinking retailer, omni-channel, and uh, have a very big exposure in the, in the South African market, but also in uh, the UK and Australia, and at a reasonable price here, yeah, and I think prospects look good. So, um, yeah, we like it for the medium term. It's Ethos Capital Partners. It's an investment holding company. They announced roughly two weeks ago they probably won't look to make new investments. They look to realize their current investments. It is trading at a significant discount to its own intrinsic value. And this management team will not dilute shareholders by doing a rights issue at these low prices as some other investment building companies have done. They will look to realize the value. So that unlocks the first discount. But they also have a significant stake in rate. Another investment building company that's also trading at a significant discount and is also looking to unlock the discount through uh, uh, distributing their premier food shares, which is a premier group, which is listed on the JC. And then they have Virgin Active as well as a significant um, uh, investment. So between the discount being unlocked at Bright and the discount being unlocked at Ethos, I see significant upside and a management team that's going to actively look to unlock this discount, double discount, in the short term. All right, Basil, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. We have Thermo, Fisher Scientific, TFG, as well as Ethos Capital Partners. Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll go with the one we like the most, mm-hmm. uh, Fushini Group. We, we do think that over the past couple of years, they've been very inquisitive. Um, and the market was a little bit disappointed with never getting additional operation or operating efficiencies out of their acquisitions. Uh, we have seen a lot more constraint from management side recently. The margins are about 600 basis points below where they were prior to COVID. Uh, and with a couple of key reasons for that, they are doing uh, distribution centralization um, and consolidation, as well as they've got Bash, which is running at a bit of an operating profit loss still. And those are under their control. Uh, and those alone can halve that, that 600 basis point uh, margin gap that they have. Just improving margins without having any top line growth is very, very attractive at this stage. Um, and then we do think as the economy recovers, there's a couple of extra things that they can do to get back to hopefully close to pre-COVID margins. So a lot of self-help in in uh, Fushini Group at this stage. And we do think the market has unnecessarily kind of punished the share price uh, for where it is now. So we do, we do have quite a favorable outlook on that. And which counter are you going with this afternoon? Uh, today we're going to pick process um, just because it has such good results last week. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. I've been picking process for a while now and it goes up and down. But the the big benefit there is we do think Tencent is a very good asset. Um, and the results out of Tencent looked a little bit muted when you, when you just look at it on paper. Revenue growth, not that strong, uh, but margin expansion and bottom line, phenomenal. The big thing is I think what the market isn't appreciating is how they're accounting for a lot of the new growth businesses. They're not accounting for it on a normal revenue basis. They're accounting for it on a net basis, which means the new business is much, much higher profit when it gets booked into the revenue line. Um, and that, I think, is underappreciated by the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, revenue growth will be a lot higher if it was accounted for differently. And for that reason, we think over time, hopefully, the market realizes this. Well, Bessel, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time and insights this afternoon. That was your Midday Markets Update with Bessel Yubad from Oyster Catcher Investments.